It's a very, very busy time down at Panthers Central, and we're going to ask the old guy questions. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, at Darren Gant with two T's on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days while it still exists. Uh, I saw your video, loved it with Shaq Thompson. He's very, very engaging, as you are, sir. Uh, but we are on Brian Burns' watch. Uh, he was absent from the walkthrough on Monday. Uh, where do we stand in the Brian Burns contract stalemate situation right now? Well, I mean, as as we sit here at this very moment talking about it, they're not out on the practice field, so nobody really knows what's going to happen today. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's here. I know that much. Right. Uh, I mean, here's what we know. He is in the middle of a contract negotiation with Carolina Panthers. He would like more money. Uh, they would like to give him more money and keep him around for many, many years to come because they love and value him. Uh, what, you know, it's just about trying to find the right number. And right. I, I guess I, you know, I know that in the current climate, we freak out about all these things immediately as soon as they happen. But you know me, I mean, and we kind of jokingly call it ask the old guy, but Having been around when Kevin Green wanted to prove a point to Bill Foley, and so he went and signed with San Francisco for a year in 1997 and then came back, when you've seen Julius Peppers stomp his feet and say, don't tag me, and they tagged him, trade me, no, and he continued to play here, you understand that, you know, I think the temporal panic over a contract situation, I mean, listen, it's real, it's a thing. But at the same time, it's not, uh, you know, I don't think every momentary crisis is eternal. So I, I just think that eventually they'll come to some conclusion or they won't. Either way, I mean, Burns is under contract for this year. They can tag him a couple times next two years if they feel like it. So I'm kind of proceeding under the assumption that something will inevitably work out or it won't. And Burns will be here for the next little bit anyway. Darren Gant is joining us, Panthers.com. We're asking the old guy. Here's the thing that this see, this feels like a different sort of holdout than the one that Saquon Barkley was uh, was part of with the Giants. It feels like a much more friendly friendly holdout. I mean, he's been in meetings. He's been he's been with the team, uh, you know, throughout the entire process. So now here we are, and we're just a handful of days before the opener on Sunday in Atlanta. As long as they are making some progress, do we expect him to be on the field, or does there have to be a signed contract, you think? I don't know. I mean, that's a question only Burns can answer, honestly. And I'm not trying to be flip, but that's kind of where it is. I mean, this is, you know, what he does or does not do this weekend is he's going to make i mean there are obviously economic penalties uh for people who do not uh provide contracted services but at the same time i mean that's we're also talking about what would be a lot of money here so i mean and that's why i don't want this to be perceived as i'm taking the team side of this or i'm taking the burns side of this i mean both things can be true at the same time they can want to get the best deal they want for burns he can want all the money he can get for as many years as he can get it. So uh, both those things can be true, and I and I just think they're still kind of working some of that stuff out. And you're asking me what he's going to do. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he's decided what he's going right. to do. But I, I can tell you, and, and based on things that have happened today, and for all the latest, you can read Panthers.com and read all about it. 
um, he is valued here. Yes. They, they want him to be a part of this thing. Frank Reich's talked all off season about how important his leadership is around this place. And to your point, he has shown up. He is in the building. He's, he's in the weight room doing squats at the end of the day. He's an active participant in this thing. They're just, it's a, it, this is a, a trouble that <laughs> may pass or may, it, it may not. My guess, my guess is that it will pass because I don't think you can, if the reports are true and I believe them to be true, if you turn down two first-round picks a year ago in a trade for Brian Burns, then your plan is to make sure that he is part of your, we'll just use a soccer term, project over the long yeah. haul. And I believe Brian Burns, uh, whether or not he's at the level of, a, was it Nick Bosa, who's also a holdout, right? Uh, is there, yeah. you know, I don't know that he's at that level, but uh, he is certainly an elite player in his position. So let me ask you about yeah, the that's impact. That's a reasonable conclusion because you are a reasonable person, Adam Gold. <laughs> so let me, uh, is is there any sort of a waiting game to see what Bosa is doing from based, from based on what you could gather? Yes, having been around these particular real estate markets for a while, there is some degree of, Nobody ever wants to be the one to go first because right. that guy always gets a little less. Uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of the nature of the business. And, you know, here, here's what we know about contracts. The next one's always going to be bigger than the one before it. So, you know, I mean, I, I think it's natural for guys not to want to do it. But I've also seen this through the years. I mean, we've seen a number of players, you know, Cam Chancellor in Seattle a couple years back, mm-hmm you know, didn't play in a couple of games. And then he finally got to the point where he's like, I want to play. I mean, that's right. what these guys are wired to do. So, you know, obviously uh, withholding service is the nuclear option, but nobody knows whether he's prepared to do that or not. Darren, ask Gant. me again Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you after Sunday uh, when Brian Burns has like three sacks and the Panthers get a road win over the Falcons. Sure. Or doesn't. Either way. <laughs> oh, no, I'm being optimistic. You know me, Darren. I'm an eternal optimist. Not really. Uh, let me ask you about the uh, the, the overall health because that position. We know uh, Marquise Haynes is out uh, for four weeks, uh, still right. on IR. Uh, where are we defensively in terms of health and player availability? I think in terms of player availability, defensively, they should be okay. I mean, the only – uh, while they had a lot of uh, nagging type things or, or little short-term things coming into the regular season, to me, and when we get the injury report later this afternoon at Panthers.com, uh, <laughs> I think my suspicion is the only thing that's a big uh, concern is probably DJ Chark and that hamstring. Right. We'll see what he's able to do this week and where he comes. On that uh, on that injury report, but I I don't think I don't get the impression any of the other stuff is big. Oh my God, is he going to play? I mean, they have laid in a lot of parts on that defense, you know. And again, obviously, it's all built around Burns and the pressure he's able to create. But you go get a Justin Houston to put on the other side to unlock a little bit of that stuff. And to make another old guy reference, to me, adding Justin Houston to a Brian Burns is kind of like adding a Kevin Green to a Lamar Lathan. A thing that was already good now has the opportunity to become better because what's on the other side? You know, we know they've got a lot of talent in that secondary mm-hmm. between J.C. and Dante and Chen and Von Bell and X and those guys. So I, I think it's they're in a pretty good spot 
spot. Now, there are a lot of unknowns. I mean, listen, this Falcons game, it, based on some assumptions we make from their offseason and the way they've conducted themselves in the preseason, the Falcons would like this to be a two-hour and 25-minute football game. <laughs> they want to run it. They, they want to keep it on the ground, keep that clock moving, man. So, um, and I don't know that the, anybody here necessarily minds that, nope. but I, I think it'll be reasonable to wonder how the deep run defense is going to hold up going into that game. That certainly wasn't a strength in the preseason, but, you know, Frank laughed about it the other day when somebody said, we don't know what your defense is all about based on the preseason, and he said, good, mission accomplished. <laughs> so Frank, Frank gets it. It's, yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of news Sunday, and we don't know how it's all going to fit together. That's why we won. It is true. It's the greatest reality show that we have. Let me ask you one quick question about a defensive guy that they just brought in off waivers. Cornerback Deshaun Johnson, who they got. Steve Wilkes raved about he is the new defensive coordinator with the 49ers. He yeah. raved about this kid. He's a little undersized, but uh, he, I, Wilkes loved his coverage ability, especially in man coverage. Yeah. Uh, what, what do the coaches talk about with him? That is a pretty good endorsement to have, one from Steve Wilkes. <laughs> yes. you know, that guy knows, knows knows about this kind of stuff. So I, I I haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time watching him in practice. I think he's still new. He's a guy, though, in addition to what he's going to do defensively, I think he's got an opportunity at some point this year to be a factor in the return game. Yep. That's a thing he was pretty dynamic at at Texas. and. You know, we'll we'll see how it comes together. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a chair in that cornerback room because you've got J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson sitting in front of you and an old head in Troy Hill who this defensive staff knows really well. So I, I think they wanted to find somebody who could come in and add some depth on the outside. And, and, and we'll see how James pulls it all together. But I think he's he's a, certainly an interesting prospect. And when they made that cut to 53, you knew there was going to be some movement, and, and that fourth corner was kind of a place where they were looking for some help. So we'll see how it comes together. But, again, if Steve Wilkes says you're okay at this, I, I'll go with that because Steve knows what he's talking about. All right, before we let you go, and I found it interesting that we are going to mirror your most recent Ask the Old Guy, where we basically just let the first overall pick starting quarterback, rookie, uh, you know, maybe rookie of the year candidate, Bryce Young, just kind of fade into the background because he has been solid and he's very, very, I mean, I you, you I, I'm hesitant to insult the word vanilla, but he is really very low-key. But let me ask you, will he have at his disposal on the field uh, that Amir Smith-Marset they got from Kansas City, who has almost nothing statistically uh, to back up anybody's optimism for him, but right. people are, are at least talking a, up a good game for him. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy, and, and just watching him in practice, I mean, he is a guy who knows what for. I mean, he's worked with some people who are pretty decent at this offense thing. Adam Thielen, Augusta Stone wrote a story about him last weekend, which feels like 100 years ago. Uh, but Thielen talked him up based on their work together in Minnesota. Right. He said he knows how to run routes. He He's obviously got top-end speed based on the numbers he put up in Kansas City this preseason. So, you know, he's been around some programs. He's another guy. I, I think it, he could be returning your kicks and punts this weekend. 
We'll see. At least the punts, probably. We'll see on the kickoffs. That, that's not really a thing anymore. But um, right. <laughs> he, he's a guy who's going to have an opportunity. And, again, while they're sifting through those injuries, I mean, LaVisca Chenault's cleared the concussion protocol. We'll see when we go out there on the practice field in a little bit, you know, what Chark's doing, what uh, Terrence Marshall's doing, that kind of thing, and whether there's any new stuff that we're not aware of. So, Again, tune in to Panthers.com for the latest on all that. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy they're encouraged about the possibility. And I think that's the big thing. I mean, you talk about Bryce. This is a season where we're going to find out some stuff that matters more in 24, 25, 26 than it does on September 10th. So, you know, listen, the Panthers record in Atlanta is what it is. Frank Reich's record in the opener is what it is. I did a little back of the envelope uh, research last night or night before last, and you go back to the last 30 years of number one pick quarterbacks who start their first game. The last one to win was a young gentleman named David, not Derek, David Carr in oh 2002. Gosh. I mean, David, Mr. To, Mittens. We go right to Mr. Mittens, if, Panthers if, legend. If you go back 30 years to <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, the first pick in the 93 draft, there have been 11 of these young gentlemen who started that first game. Yeah. One, nine, and one. Wow. And only David Carr. That yeah. is. How about that? That is the research department working overtime. Darren Gant asked the old I guy. Do it for the people, Adam. <laughs> and you can see the video where he calls Shaq Thompson old uh, on uh, on Twitter at Darren Gant with two T's for extra talent. Thank you, man. Yeah, and there's also the other thing I would steer you to because I'm not afraid to shamelessly plug our work here at Panthers.com. We've got an extended profile of Frank Reich and, and the way he thinks about leadership and the way he talks to people. I think it's worth checking out. You might enjoy that, too. I always do. Thank you, Darren. All right. Thank you, sir.